the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, November the 29th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, in 1929, Navy Lieutenant Commander Richard Byrd, he made the first airplane flight over the South Pole. He had his photographer with him. They took some pictures. Today, in 1947, the UN General Assembly passed a resolution calling for the <clears throat> excuse me for the partitioning of Palestine between Arabs and Jews. Thirty-three members, including the United States, voted in favor of the resolution. Thirteen voted against, while ten abstained. The plan was rejected by the Arabs, and it was never implemented. Today, in 1961, Enos, the chimp, he was launched from. Cape Canaveral aboard the Mercury Atlas V spacecraft. He orbited the Earth twice, came back down. They said he looked pretty good, pretty healthy after his little trip into space. Enos the Chimp. Today, in 1963, President Lyndon B. Johnson, he named a commission headed by Earl Warren to investigate the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Today, in 1972, the first coin-operated video arcade, Pong, that was the only one for a while and the first one to be able to be monetized where they could make money off of it. It was created by Atari. It opened up a whole new industry, as we all know now. But it made its debut at Andy Capps Tavern in Sunnyvale, California. Today in 2000, bracing the public for more legal wrangling, Vice President Al Gore said in a series of TV interviews, that he was prepared to contest the Florida presidential vote until the middle of December. Some things never change. Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, announced this morning, just a little while ago, that he's stepping down. He's no longer going to be the CEO of Twitter. The guy that's replacing him, I can't pronounce his name, it's Parag or Argwell or something like that, He's known in the industry for his strong bent toward more censorship on the Internet, not less. So for those of you who spend a lot of time on Twitter, I don't. But for those of you who do, you can expect to be even watched more closely and scrutinized by what you say. Well, it's already started. The U.K. civil servants have axed the word Christmas. Yeah, London, England, they're saying now no Christmas. They had a proposed government campaign. They were using the word Christmas in it, but now a lot of the public servants there are getting a little weak need. British civil public servants have apparently embraced the inner Scrooge, the news media is saying, vetoing the use of the word Christmas from being used in a coronavirus coronavirus testing drive is aimed at students, arguing that the use of the term runs the risk of offending minorities within the country. Interesting, isn't it? The campaign was uh, 
would have revolved around ministers, that political uh, ministers, not church ministers, I believe. I assume that. I don't know. They don't say. But it was to have revolved around ministers using the slogan, don't take COVID home for Christmas. Part of a larger government effort to spread the uh, or limit the spread of the Chinese coronavirus now that Omicron variant is among us. They said we've been advised by the cabinet office that we should not use the word Christmas as the government campaign needs to be inclusive. And some religions don't celebrate Christmas. Imagine that. It's interesting. They are throwing around some options. Festive season. That seems to be one of their favorites to replace Christmas or just plain. We have gone with don't take COVID-19 home for the holidays. As they struggle over that, the rest of the world is upside down in turmoil. It's interesting how these things go, isn't it? One Muslim who's elected to parliament there, London, you may know I've mentioned it before on this program, has a Muslim mayor in London. Muslims are very slowly but very very uh, incrementally taking over the government in England. It'll be a while, but they're on course, and they will stay on course. That's what they do. But this one guy, this Sahib Bahati, he's, uh, he's in parliament. He's elected. And he took issue with these guys trying to ax Christmas, this Muslim. He said, as a Muslim, I find it ridiculous we can't enjoy this special time of the year. I look forward to showing my new son his first Christmas tree. The idea that you can't mention Christmas is completely ridiculous. He said, it's time to celebrate whatever your background. It's part of the British culture that I love. It's the celebration of all cultures, and it makes this the most welcoming country in the world. I'm proud of that and proud to celebrate Christmas. We live in such a screwed up world today. And you know how we got here? By disobedience, sin, the fall of man. Today we're seeing the result around the world on, on any front. It isn't just about Christmas. This this happens every year. It'll happen here in America. Somebody's going to come out with a new campaign to do away with Christmas or put X over the name of Christ or whatever, anew and afresh. But our world has gotten so upside down. So, I mean, we really are fulfilling the words of the prophet Isaiah who said good becomes evil and evil becomes good. Up becomes down and down becomes up. What is wholesome is unthinkable, unacceptable. And what is unthinkable and unacceptable is seen as normal and wholesome. What do you do when you come to a point like that? We're seeing it here in America, not about Christmas. That'll start in a few days. I can almost guarantee you somebody's going to make an issue out of Christmas. But we've got our coronavirus, and it rolls on. Mask on, mask off. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Everybody should wear a mask, our president tells us. And then he's pictured in Nantucket this weekend. Yep, you guessed it. In a, shore, in a store shopping with some friends in Nantucket. 
Oh, no, he doesn't have on a mask. That would inhibit his shopping. Interestingly enough, the picture that I saw, and I included it in an article that I wrote today on faithandfreedom.us, our website, in that picture, you can see him shopping in the store and on the window of the store that the camera guy that took the picture is looking through. You can see the sign, masks masks are, are demanded or uh, you must wear masks or something. Like I mean, it's very bold right on the front of the store. I, I never tire of seeing our leadership come up with all these things that they demand of others, but they have no sense that they have any responsibility to do the same. They are above all of that because they are the elite. That's where progressivism takes people. It takes a culture. It takes individuals. It's interesting. Omicron, this new African variant, is said to be highly transmissible, but not so transmissible. It creates unusually light symptoms. According to Dr. Fauci, it's inevitable and highly transmissible. And we're preparing for the worst. But Dr. Fauci says there's no confusion and there's no lack of clarity. He said those words over the weekend on several network television stations. So it's just you. If you think this culture is messed up, it's just you or me. No, there is no confusion. There is no lack of clarity. I want to talk to you a little bit today about clarity and confusion. Psalm 46 begins with this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried off into the midst of the sea, though the waters therefore roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I'll come back to that chapter 46 in a few moments. But Dr. Fauci continues to dominate the COVID conversation by representing the Biden plan, which sees the virus, first and foremost, as an opportunity for America to reset, remake, rebuild. This is not my idea. It's not something I'm stretching to suggest. They have often suggested that in the run-up over the last couple of years. You can call it what you want, but it is to advance globalism. And he continues to do what he loves to do the best, the doctor. Not to represent science, but to be the science. And he loves to do it on television. Keep in mind that not so long ago, the doctor identified anyone who disagrees with him, including Dr. Rand Paul, as someone who rejects science. So any Christian that would disagree with Dr. Fauci, in his mind, is rejecting science. Last Sunday, a week ago yesterday, The doctor told ABC's This Week that the nation's top medical experts continue to follow the data. There's no confusion and there's no lack of clarity. That was a week ago. I'm very pleased that we're in this situation we're in right now where there is 
no confusion, he said. He notes that he doesn't know yet how often people will be required to get boosters, but that will be part of life. I'm quoting him. That will be part of life going forward. He also says, quote, experts are looking very carefully at how often booster shots will be needed. Will they be annually, monthly, weekly? Who knows? Daily? Who knows where this is going? Yesterday, just yesterday, he was back on television again. He resumed his television appearances on CBS's Face the Nation. And he was talking to ABC as well. When host Margaret Brennan asked him about Republicans personally attacking him, with Rand Paul and Ted Cruz calling for his resignation, that's been all over the news, I'm sure you've heard that, he responded, it's just noise, Margaret. Forget about it. When Brennan noted that Cruz and the Attorney General, that he should be prosecuted, Fauci said, yeah, I had to laugh at that. I should be prosecuted? What happened on January 6th, Senator? That's how politicized the science has become in America. He told Brennan, the host, I am saving lives while Republicans are lying about me. Maybe he's more. Maybe he's more than just science. He could be some kind of a secular messiah in his mind. Then he said this, so it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and arrows that get thrown at me. I'm not going to be around here forever, but science is going to be here forever. Hmm. And if they damage science, they will damage society for long after I leave. Science actually won't be here forever in the sense that we refer to science. Heaven and earth will pass away, and all things will be made new. I got that from a very, very reliable source, the Bible. Senator Rand Paul, he saw his remarks or heard them yesterday. So he responded, he said, the absolute hubris of someone claiming they represent science is astounding and alarming that a public health bureaucrat would even think to make such a claim. He said, especially one who has worked so hard to ignore the science of natural immunity. So now we have Omicron. That's the next letter in the Greek alphabet. They have decided no longer to label these viruses and variants from where they originate or where they're first found in the world as we have for decades. Oh, no, we can't have that. But Omicron wasn't the next letter in the Greek, al Greek alphabet. I find that very interesting. I'll come back to that in a moment. But health officials announced on November 28th that this virus strain, Omicron, from Africa, yeah, it's from South Africa and Botswana, it's a variant of concern causing who? World Health Organization officials and others to sound the alarm over the weekend. While we've been giving thanks, they've been giving warnings. And we should be aware of what's going on in our world. Yet science, science, a doctor in South Africa who is actually treating patients with Omicron, is telling news outlets that she's not seeing what other scientists are saying about the variant. She said, I'm treating patients every day 
with this, what we're calling Omicron. And she said it has unusual but very mild symptoms in the patients, all of them that she's treated so far. And she said most of them are just being treated at home. The World Health Organization, who raised more than a few eyebrows after they first named this variant the next letter in the alphabet. The next letter is G. It's spelled differently, but that's how it's pronounced. As some suggested, the agency was attempting to avoid angering Chinese communist leader Xi Jinping. His first name is the same as the Greek letter that was up next for the variant. Whatever the variant would have been, it was to be named the next Greek letter in the alphabet, which wasn't Omicron. Please don't tell me this isn't politicized. It is incredibly politicized, even to the naming of the variant, and they're willing to skip their own rules. They're going down the list to avoid naming a country where it originates from, and then they come to a Greek letter that doesn't fit the far-left progressive so-called narrative, and they go, oh, we better skip. Truly. We better skip these two because we don't want to make Xi mad over in China because we've already convinced the world that China had nothing to do with this virus. That happened while we were giving thanks over the weekend. WHO said they want to avoid causing any offense to any cultural, social, national, regional, professional, or ethnic group. That's amazing. Masks are good, they say. Okay. Yet this weekend, President Biden, the king of mandates, he was celebrating in Nantucket without his mask on in a store. As I said earlier, I have a picture of him in the store. Big sign there. It says mask and it shows a picture of a face of a person with a mask on. And it says required. Great big. I mean, even Joe Biden could see it. There he is in the store with his friends yucking it up in this like a department store or something. He doesn't have a mask on. So much duplicity, so much, you know, I don't know. Despite a large sign on the door, the Republican Party put out yesterday on on Twitter. Despite a large sign on the door stating required face covering, Biden shops maskless during his Nantucket vacation. Billions of dollars are at stake as we address COVID and each new variant. The, the, the Wuhan virus, as it was originally, has become a great opportunity for globalists and the power-hungry, far-left, secular, so-called progressives. It has. What does a Christian do in times of uncertainty and deception? These truly are times of uncertainty and deception. How do we face the fog of uncertainty in times like these? Let me come back to Psalm 46. How do we face them? Psalm 46, verse 10, continuing to read, says, Be still and know that I am God. This is a time when Christians, biblical Christians, not Christians in name only, but Christians who serve the Lord, who have accepted Jesus Christ into their life, as Romans 9 and 10 tells us to do. 
believe in our heart, accept Jesus Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the only begotten Son of God, that he died for our sins, that he was resurrected from the dead, and we accept him. We say, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are the only begotten Son of God, that you yourself are God himself in the Trinity. And I accept you as my Savior and my Lord, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins and transform my life. That's what I'm talking about. Those folks, those of us who have made that commitment to Christ, be still and know that I am God. Stop running. Stop worrying. Stop allowing Satan to destroy your life. Satan seeks whom he may devour. His power is very limited, and he is not equally competing with God for ownership and control. God is in control. There is no question about that. And maybe during this holiday season, I mean over an extended period of time, maybe over a lifetime. Let's take a deep breath and remember that God is God, and God is in control. Be still. And know that I am God. During the uh, Revolutionary War, it wasn't uncommon for pastors to preach sermons that prepared the people for war with England. I've talked about that on this program before. They prepared people for battle, literal battle in that case. There was a war going on, and sermons were delivered to bring faith and courage to the people about the rightness of their cause. Those sermons became known as artillery sermons. Artillery sermons were preached by stout-hearted, unintimidated pastors who often served as leaders in the local militia as well. Imagine that in today's world. Artillery was viewed back then as the first strike weapon. It was out in front of the infantry attack. They were designed to weaken the enemy's defense for the assault. In the same way, these artillery sermons that pastors were preaching, and that they, they came to be called that, They were delivered to stir hearts and prepare people for battle. God's word became the ammunition to weaken the enemy's position and to strengthen the Christian for literal as well as spiritual warfare in the coming days. God is in control. He is indeed. This is a marvelous chapter in the Bible, Psalm 46. But verse 10, I think, speaks to the issues of our day with as much clarity as as we can handle as human. Be still. Just shut up. Relax. Know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I am in control. Just relax. The Lord of hosts, verse 11, is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. That's such an inspiring portion of Scripture. It's such an inspiring part of the Bible. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he was inspired by Psalm 46. In fact, he was so inspired that he wrote a song that is one of the most sung hymns over the last 500 years. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. He composed that song with his Bible open to Psalm 46. He composed it sometime between 1527 and 1529. They're not sure of the date. 
But the lyrics are a paraphrase of Psalm 46. It was so, it so impacted the Christian world for so long, that hymn, that the Methodists, when they printed their hymnal, they made that song, page 110, and all Methodists back in those days could tell you what hymn was on page 110 in their hymnal. Did you grow up in church? I did. My wife did as well. We grew up in the same church, in fact. There were a number of hymns that our church sang, and they sang them so often that, I mean, it just gets burned into your head. Such and such a song. Oh, yeah, that's number 39 in the hymn book at church. I mean, you just know those things. I still remember some of them, and I'm over 40. It's amazing. People like Martin Luther and later on the Wesleys and Fanny Crosby and all of these people wrote these songs and they, they were they were powerful songs because they were based and rooted in Scripture. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal its life ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? We're not the right man we're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. You ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Saboth, his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. The last verse, the fourth verse says, That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also, the body they may kill. God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. In verse 3, Luther wrote, And though the world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him, his rage, but we endure, for lo, his doom is sure, one little world word shall fell them, or shall fell him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him, who with us sideth. His kingdom is forever and ever. As we look at the events of each day on this program, and we originate live so that we can do that, we can look at what's happening today, each day, we've got to keep in mind, and I, I try my best to keep this in front of all of us, that God is in control, that God is a mighty fortress, a bulwark, never failing. We live in the fortress of God. We are protected. We have his presence to protect us, his word to guide us, to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way. Let us keep that always in mind as we are informed as to what's going on in our world. And some choose ignorance or denial not wanting to know what's going on in our world or simply denying it. But I think God has a better way. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to know what's going on, to be aware, to be informed. God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's 
the Bible says. But we need to know what's going on, but do so in the context that God is in control. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.